This morning we have a very special assignment before any other thing is done. And that assignment is to allow God to talk to us through his word. For the past number of weeks in this month of May 2019, our desire, our efforts have been to establish ourselves in the faith walk and in the life of victory that we find in Christ Jesus. Please, I hope you know that as long as our living and existence on this earth is concerned, the just shall live by faith. By faith. Hallelujah. Amen. I remember when we were teaching the fundamental doctrines of Christ, I actually specified that although we have taught the doctrine of faith, you know, faith toward God as a doctrine, from time to time, we will come back to that topic or that that theme. Why? Because faith is both a part of the foundation as well as the material of the building itself. Hallelujah. Amen. You can't build a successful Christian life without faith. It's not possible. You can't triumph in this life. Second Corinthians 2.14 says, Now, thanks be unto God, who always causes us to triumph in Christ and make manifest the savor, the fragrance of his knowledge by us in every place. You can't triumph. To triumph means to celebrate the victory. You can't celebrate the victory that we have in Christ Jesus without faith. Why? Because 1 John 5.4 says, And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So from time to time, like we have done the whole of this month, we will be coming back to the subject of faith. The essence of all these messages is to strengthen our faith. Jesus. So that we will be solid on the inside. Mm. And when we meet storms, we can mm. look at the storm and say, storm, you come and pass. I'm still standing. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Not meeting a storm and then say, hey, hey, hey. And then you cower in and then you give up. No. Mm. Say, No. No, not me. Not me. Hallelujah. Amen. Not when Christ is in me. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. The hope of glory. glory. Jesus. So the first Sunday of this month, we actually look at use your testimony as a weapon. It is the fifth life. Hallelujah. In the second Sunday of the month, we look at derive your testimony from the word. It's also about building our faith. Last Sunday, the third Sunday, we looked at what? Fight. The good fight of faith. And today, last but not least, we say use your prophecy to wage war. Tell your neighbor, use, use your, prophecy your prophecy to wage war. To wage war. Hallelujah. Amen. That alone tells you that there's a responsibility on my part and on your part. And that also tells us that the theme alone tells us that the fact that you have received a prophecy doesn't mean it will come to pass automatically. This is the bone of contention. This is where a lot of God's children have been should I use the word misinformed and therefore they are living in ignorance of what God actually wants us to do. When we receive a prophetic word, as a matter of fact, even before we go into the scriptures, yesterday at the Saturday prayer breakfast, I made a statement, and I can make it today also, that you are better off 
if you don't even receive a prophetic word, let's say a prophet and prophetic minister comes to give you a prophecy, you are better off. Because it doesn't mean that something is missing. If you are in a church, and I'm speaking to those who are watching us online live also you are in a church and let's say there is no prophetic minister or prophet who ministers the prophetic it doesn't mean that the house is not complete yes from time to time god can send a prophet to bring a prophetic word but without that we still have the authority of god's word peter says we have a more sure word of prophecy that we do make sure we take heed which is the word of god hallelujah so you can build your life on God's word and God's word alone and by his spirit. Mind you, the Holy Spirit is the author of the word. So by God's word and by God's spirit alone, you can live the successful, triumphant Christian life. Hallelujah. So the question is, why does God bring prophecies to us from time to time? And why is it that a church that doesn't have a prophetic minister or doesn't have a prophet should open their doors? To prophets and prophetic ministers who you can test and can judge and can ascertain that these are servants of God, what they are telling us is truth. Why is it that we still need prophecies if we can build our life, our lives on God's word alone? Why do we need a prophetic word? Can I tell you? I said it here yesterday. You see, the word of God gives us faith, and prophecy also gives us faith. You will see it very soon. But the prophecy is a specific word to you. And usually, you will discover from the scriptures that that prophecy actually predicts the future. And oftentimes, the prediction of the prophetic word is actually the exact opposite of your present circumstance, your present happenings, your present experiences. Your present experiences may not reflect what the prophecy may be saying. So what does the prophecy do? The prophecy comes as what I will use and we're going to see from scripture very soon. It comes as a lighthouse. Someone say lighthouse. In ship navigation, there is what they call lighthouse. Am I right? Yes, sir. Can somebody tell me if you are acquainted with you know, navigation in, 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 in ships, what does the lighthouse do? What role does the lighthouse do? Is there any Navy officer here? Say, okay. Say, Jim, I know you are into, you know, marine um, stuff. So you can give us, what does the lighthouse do? Lighthouse signifies that the ship that is coming should notify himself as a place of birth. Can you say that again? The lighthouse signifies that the ship that is coming should notify itself as what? A place of birth. I don't yeah. get it. If you... B... Okay. Birth. B-E-R-T-H. -E a place of birth. In other words, yes. that is where it's going to anchor. Birth. It, it is not okay. going to anchor there. It's not going to anchor there, but it's going to it do what? It's going to pack. It's going pack. to pack. So yes. you call it birth. B-E-R-T-H. -E Has somebody learned something today? Yes. Like myself. All right. Okay. Is that all about the lighthouse? Pastor Joe wants to tell, Pastor Sadala wants to tell us more about the lighthouse. Thank you. In addition to what our brother has said. Yes, sir. 
the lighthouse also acts like a beacon. It, it acts as what? A, be a, a warning beacon. sign. A warning sign. Sometimes it may be at a place that is rocky. Mm. So it shows you that watch out, don't come this way. Because you can see the lighthouse is flashing. Flashing. Showing that there's land there, but also it may warn you that where you are going is not good. How does the lighthouse warn, if I may ask? How does it warn? Because you are on course. Okay, let's say you are coming from a stormy weather, it's stormy, and then you see a lighthouse at the extreme end. How does it warn you that don't the lighthouse tells you don't come where towards the lighthouse or don't come? How, how does it warn you? Want to say something? Yes, Moses. I was going to say by the colors that yeah. flashes, by the colors that flashes, yes, the lighthouse flashes colors, yes, so they have the, light, so yes, depending on the light. That is flashing on the scene. Some light gave caution. Others still will tell you this is bad, like a pot. You're okay. getting close to a pot. Okay. So it says as as it were, the light at the end of the tunnel. Am I right? Yes. Can I put it that way? Yeah. My limited understanding about the scripture we're going to read, which is first Timothy chapter one, verse 18, based on of course, 18, 19, and 20. We are looking at 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 18, 19, and 20. Paul gave an instruction to Timothy. But mind you, Timothy is in heaven, right? So Timothy is not going to suffer any shipwreck. Neither is he going to go through any storms. Where he is, there is nothing like wickedness or sin or darkness. He is in heaven. But you and I... Are here on earth and Ephesians tells us about the family of God both in heaven and on earth those in heaven they are not in any battle again we are here and yesterday we saw first John 5 19 that the whole world lies in wickedness did you hear that so because the whole world lies in wickedness don't be surprised when wickedness sometimes you know passes around and it's like ah why i thought that i'm in christ this thing shouldn't have happened no jesus told us that in the world you will have troubles john 16 33 he said but be of good cheer i have overcome the world hallelujah the whole world that jesus has overcome lies in wickedness it's enveloped in wickedness and that wickedness is actually darkness so to navigate, my understanding based on the scripture about the lighthouse is that to navigate your way through the darkness of this world, through the storms of this life, the lighthouse says, Pastor used the word, a beacon, right? A beacon of hope. It gives you the, a, a glimpse of the future that lies ahead. But for the lighthouse, I believe that instead of going this direction, you can be going this other direction. Is it not true? Or is, is it true? In other words, the lighthouse tells you that at least I can navigate my way through and find a place of birth. B-E-R-T-H. All right. Okay, let's read the scripture. Then we can now pinpoint what I, I believe the prophetic word says. When you receive a prophetic word, why do I say it's like a lighthouse? Why do I say we should you see it as a lighthouse and therefore, you know, do what scripture tells us we should do in First Timothy chapter 1. The verses 18 through 20. Apostle Paul writing to Timothy says, This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, 
according to the prophecies and I'm reading from the New King James Version previously made concerning you that by them you may wage the good warfare 19 says having faith and a good conscience which some having rejected concerning the faith have suffered shipwreck then he mentions some two people who are examples of those who suffered shipwreck of whom are Himanias and Alexander whom I delivered to Satan that they may learn not to blaspheme hallelujah that's a powerful statement but let me read it from the King James version of the Bible which gives us a certain clue that is not found in the new King James 1 Timothy 1 18 through 20 in the King James says this charge I commit unto thee son Timothy according to the prophecies which went before on thee that thou by them mightest war a good warfare the 19 says holding faith someone say holding it's a key word you can't find in the new King James the new King James says having faith it's okay but the word holding gives a certain picture holding faith and a good conscience which some having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck of whom is Himenaeus and Alexander whom I have delivered unto Satan that they may learn not to blaspheme somebody say amen amen let's go step by step the word charge there are military people here in this house right it's, it's a military word actually it means command somebody say command command and in the military it is obey the command before complain. you complain am I saying the truth tell me yeah obey before complain so many of us are complaining that oh I don't know why God said that he would do A B C D but it's not happening but he has given you a command something you should do with the prophetic word and you have not obeyed it and you are complaining you may ask yourself but I have heard this particular prophecy over and over and over God will also ask you what have you done without prediction without prophetic word because speaking over your life and saying that God is going to do A, B, C, D actually is indicative that there's storm ahead. That is why I'm saying that the prophetic word serves as a lighthouse. So there is storm ahead, but the prophetic word comes as a beacon, as a light of hope that, oh, regardless of the storm, this is what God says he will do. Is that okay? Please, are you there? But for the prophetic word, some of us would have groped in darkness until darkness will swallow us up. So, yes, it is true that we can all live in the word of God, okay, and may not need a prophetic word and so live the successful triumphant life. However, God allows prophecy because it is direct and specific. It comes as a beacon of hope. It comes as an assurance that, hey, regardless of my situation, although I can use scripture to find my way out, God says this specifically and I'm holding on to it. Hallelujah. So this charge, the word the first word we are looking at is charge. It's a command. It's a military word. Stop complaining if you have not done what God says we should do with our prophecies. Number two, the word prophecy. He said, this charge I commit unto you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies. And I said the word prophecies is from the Greek word which also means prediction. Some say prediction. So here, we are dealing with a, a specific area of the prophetic which has to do with predicting the future. And we will go into some practicals very soon. We will find out 
those who have received prophecies that predicted their future and what they have done or have not done with the prophetic word, with the prediction. Are there many people here like that? I'm looking at many faces and I can see a lot of people having predictions. And the predictions don't actually define your present circumstance. You actually look and feel the opposite. But let me tell you, Romans 34 says, let God be true, but every man a liar. Somebody will say, but what about if the prophecy was not true? That is why we are reading this scripture. Let's go there, you will see it. This charge I commit unto you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, which were previously made concerning you, that you by them might war the good warfare. There's a, there's a, there's a punctuation mark there. What is the punctuation mark? Both King James and New King James. Let me see the New King James. What is the punctuation mark after warfare? Comma, right? That's even better. In the King James, it's semicolon. But remember, I have said it here before that semicolon and colon, they are uh, and, and comma, they are both pauses. Except that one is a long pause. Semicolon is a long pause, and comma is a short pause. But there is a pause somewhere. Is that okay? It means he hasn't stopped. It's a pause to just throw more light on the next line. And the next line teaches us how to war the good warfare. Please take note. Whenever God gives an instruction, he never leaves you in ambiguity. He always gives you the key as to how to do what he says you should do. That is why he can judge us with his word. Because every instruction comes with its own formula. Let me use the word formula as to how to go about it. He says, this charge is a command. I command you. In fact, the word command also means mandate. You are mandated to do it. The Greek word translated charge also means mandate. It's a mandate. God is treating us here like Navy officers. Is that okay? Are you there? In the military, we have the, the Navy officers, the Air Force, and then the regular army. So here, we are treated like Navy officers. It's not like somebody who is just going, you know, to sea. But this is a naval officer who is giving a command. And you must obey it before you complain. If you met shipwreck, it's not because God told you a lie. It's because you did not obey simple military rules. Are you there? This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee. All right. Let me go back to the... the I, I will still go to the King James because I know that... How did I appear in Romans? First Timothy chapter 1, verse 18. All right. This child I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. Now, the 19 is now showing us how to war the good warfare. What is the word in King James? Holding. Someone say holding. Say holding. Of course, the Greek word translated holding also means to lay hold. In other words, the prophecy has predicted a future. You as an individual must lay hold on it. That is what we do with God's word. Even the word from scripture. Didn't we say that faith is the response of the human spirit to the word of God? If God speaks, what do you have to do? You lay hold on it. You must, you must grab it. You must you must lambano is different from 
It's different from, um, you know, just waiting like a post office, you know, box, waiting for somebody to come and drop the letter in and you are just there. No, you go for it. Hold it. Else it will drop. And you may think that God just spoke. No, every word of God will be accounted for. So once the word is spoken, it says, lay hold on it. Take it. Hallelujah. Receive it. So he says, holding faith. That's the first word. Meaning that the prophetic word would generate faith. And do you know what I saw? The Greek word translated faith here actually means conviction of the truth of the prophecy. So we say conviction of the truth of the prophetic word. Of the prophetic word. What do I mean? You see, the word is spoken. The first thing that the word will do in your life is that it will give you a certain conviction that this word is true. My circumstance may not define what God has said, but I have a conviction. And if you don't have it, that is where you can start judging the prophetic word. Is that okay? Because we are told to judge prophecy. And there are two things here in verse 19 with which we can judge prophecy. Number one is conviction. If there is no conviction about the prophetic word, you can, you can, you can, you can let it go. Don't hold it. Please, are you following me? I hope you are, you are getting my picture. So, the conviction that the prophecy is true is the first thing that will happen to you when you receive a prophetic word. Once there's a conviction, hold it. Don't drop it. It's like a baton that has been handed over to you. Hold it until you get to the next person in the relay and you hand it over. But in this case, you are getting to a destination. The prophetic word has predicted your future. Hold it. Hold on to that conviction. So I said the word faith is what? Conviction of the truth of the prophecy. Then he said, holding faith and a good conscience. Two things we are supposed to hold. Someone say faith and a good conscience. What does that mean? Let me tell you what I wrote here. The Greek word translated conscience also means the consciousness of the prophecy. So the word of God, the prophetic word, which is also the word of God, is going to bring two things to you. It's going to bring you conviction and a certain consciousness, a certain awareness that this is where God is taking me. You might not have known that you're going to be the next president of the Republic of Ghana. Even your circumstance does not even tell that you can be a president. But God's word now points you to the future and say that in 20 years from now, you are going to be the next president of the Republic of Ghana. If it is true, the word will build conviction in you. Number two, it will also build a certain consciousness. And that consciousness will enable you to separate yourself from some things and associate yourself with some things. Because if you're going to be a president, what are you going to do? It means you must start learning along that line. Now, apart from consciousness, there's another meaning to this word conscience. Conscience here also means the faculty of the soul that distinguishes between what is morally good and bad. Did you hear that? The conscience is the faculty of the soul that distinguishes between what is morally good and bad. Okay. So because of that, I said something here that the conscience is that faculty of the soul with which we judge prophecy. 
Bible says, judge, prophecy. If you receive a prophetic word, don't just swallow it wholesale. Oh, please, are you following me? It's not every prophecy that may necessarily come from God. Because we are, we are not perfect vessels, sometimes our own prejudices, sometimes our own experiences, sometimes our own weaknesses can filter through the prophetic word. God uses us as he wills. But the vessel that is communicating the prophetic word may have weaknesses and flaws. And those flaws can filter through the prophetic word. So you on the receiving hand must use your conscience, which is that faculty of the soul that distinguishes between what is morally good and morally bad to say, mm, I didn't finish. I mean, you prophet lie, you didn't prophesy. You may not tell the person, but just know that this one, I'm not going to hold it. It's not true. And then you quietly walk away. Have you committed any crime? No. It's just because the word just went over your head. It's not for you. There's a sister who was here yesterday. Today she's traveling back to, to the Upper West. Yesterday she was here. And I remember once, before she even came yesterday, we spoke on phone. What was it? Very late in the night. She couldn't sleep. She's completed school in Tamale. She's supposed to go back to Upper West. And then she receives, she went for, no, she didn't even go. It was her sister who went to a, a meeting. And then the prophet there spoke to her sister that, tell your sister who was here yesterday, tell her that, as she, look at the prophetic word, as you are going back to Upper West, she will be involved in an accident and that she will die. Come on. And then, I mean, she called me crying. And I said, what do you mean by that? Why are you crying because of somebody's prophecy? Can't you judge that this prophecy is not true? The mere hearing of the prophetic word, I just knew that this one, the person just said something because he's using the circumstances in the family to now create a prophetic word to make it look like the thing that happened to her, and they have lost a sister. So she is, the one talking to me, is the next to die. And as she, so she was not afraid. So she said, then I'm going to do some three-day fasting at school before I go back home. I said, go back home. Go back to our powers. You've completed school. What are you doing in school? Go. And reject that prophetic word. That what? You ask, you are going back. You will be involved in an accident and die. Let God be true, but every man a liar. Please, are you there? Such a prophetic word, don't hold it. I said that was not enough. That actually, the person went on to describe a third person who is also going to, even her sister who was telling the prophecy, her own was even worse. But you see, this is the vulnerability of the time that we live in. People are so gullible and so vulnerable that if you don't stay in the word of God, you can swallow anything and think it's from God. But God's spirit doesn't talk like that. Hallelujah. God's spirit agrees with the word. And the two don't contradict each other. Please, are you there? So when a word comes to you and you just, you, you just have that, it's not a conviction this time, but it's a disturbance. You just know red means reject it. Red means no, don't stop. I mean, stop this one. Don't let it enter you. Is that okay? Holding faith and a good conscience. Your conscience is that faculty of the soul that will help you to distinguish between the right prophecy and the wrong prophecy. And if it is if it is a right prophecy, it will build a certain consciousness. Hold it. It will give you a certain conviction. Hold it. That's how to wage war with the prophetic word. You hold it. If it is 
generated faith or conviction, hold it. If it's generated a consciousness, hold it. Hold it. And the question is, how do I hold it? Is there any hand with which I can hold? In other words, believe it. Believe it so much said that it will start coming out of your lips and you will be re-echoing the same prophecy to yourself. Let me tell you, I have a very small book that I've written every prophecy I have ever received. Even before I was born, my mom told me and that prophecy, I've written it as number one. Okay? And then, when I was born, three months after, the prophecy that was given, I've written that one to number two. Then every prophecy, I intentionally did that. I sat down and started writing down every prophetic word I have received. And that is why sometimes I can tell you that on this particular day, I receive understand because I have written down everything and I hold it, I have a consciousness of it, and then I say it to myself. What has been said must be said back to yourself. Hold it. If you say you believe the prophetic word, if you say that you have a conviction that the word is true and you have a consciousness, then it will show in your speech. You will not complain, but you'll be re-echoing the same word to yourself. That is how to wage war with prophecy. Hallelujah. Have I taught somebody something? Yes. Because your circumstance will be telling that this one, when are you going to become the president of the Republic of God? Look at you. You don't even have anything to eat. I'm just saying that assuming that somebody is here and what, what stops anybody here from, you know, becoming the president of the Republic of Ghana in the next 20 years? What stops? It can even be a female. I prophesy, let it come to pass. Amen. Oh yes, God can do anything. But your circumstances may not show that you are the one. Because if it's education, maybe you, are, you have not even attained the higher education that everybody who is in politics may attain. But there are a lot of politicians who are still going back to school. So you can be there and still go to school. In other words, the prophetic word gives you a certain direction. And if you don't hold it, the next line, verse 20, or the same 19, right? The same 19 says, Holding faith and a good conscience, which some, having put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck. What is shipwreck in ship navigation? Say, Jima, you want to say it again? What is shipwreck? Yes. In, in ship it, navigation, shipwreck means ship destruction. Ship destruction. In other words, you go on. When, when yes, where when you, you meet the, a storm, and then the storm breaks the ship into break pieces. In pieces, can you imagine making a shipwreck of your life? You or you hit a rock, Pastor is saying so. You hit a rock, or you meet a storm, and you couldn't navigate your way through because there was storm, there was darkness, and instead of you moving towards the lighthouse, you move elsewhere. You see, if there's no lighthouse, you don't have any direction when you're in a storm. Am I saying the truth? If there's no lighthouse, especially in the night hour, in the stormy weather, and you are in a, you know, in a great distress, if there's no lighthouse, you may not know where to pass. You may just do your own thing before you realize you have shipwrecked your life, crashed your life, broken your life into pieces. Can I say this? That there are a lot of God's children who have done that to their lives already. I didn't say some. I said a lot of God's children have shipwrecked like, like, like the names that were mentioned in verse 20, Himanaios 
and Alexander. Then he said that, whom I have delivered to Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. In other words, they shipwrecked and they got to the place where they now started frustrating the faith of other believers. And look, this is not you believe. It's not true. Forget, forget. 17 years ago, I received a prophetic word. And today I'm an old man. I'm 95. And that word never came to pass. And you say you believe. You think that white man gospel that you poor believe. Let's go back to tradition. He started blaspheming. It's happening in our time, I'm telling you. People have come to the place where they believe that this gospel, I was talking to somebody, he said that this gospel that the white man gave to us, how, what proves that it is true? What proves that it is true? I said, thank God, God used the white man to give to us, but we, we are sending back to the same white people. Because, yes, God used them as channels, but the word is above them. God used various people. It didn't start with a white man. It started with people right from, you know, day one who started compiling books. God has used people. Some were bent. Some they used kota, okay, to cover them and bent them. And whilst they were burning, people were making mockery. And yet, they still insisted that this word must be translated. And they have done the translation and it has passed from generation to generation. And it came to the white man land who came, you know, wanting to take some people to his land. And then they brought us the gospel as an exchange. And you think that it started from the white man? No, it started from somewhere. So the fact that the white man has rejected the gospel and doesn't have anything to do with the gospel doesn't mean that it is not true. And it's not all white men anyway. They are so, you know, remnants. In every nation, God has not lived himself without a witness. Hallelujah. There is no nation that doesn't have a witness of the true gospel and the true minister of the gospel. So the fact that you have seen the fake actually is proof that there is a real. But there can never be a counterfeit three cities. Do you know why? Because there is no genuine three cities now. So if you have seen fake, it is proof that the genuine exists. So you look for the genuine and stop joining those uh, you know, people like you know, him and Iles. And a lesson of the Bible, not a lesson of our time. Hallelujah. Blaspheming and saying that this thing is not true. Let's go back to the tradition. Let's reject the white man. And some people have just, people who were in the faith have gone back to tradition. And they believe that this thing is not true. Look, God's word is above any, any tradition, any generation, any group of people. God's word is eternal. He could have used Africa to start. He chose to use it elsewhere. But because in his programming, Africa shall be the hope of the world. That is why he came to us as the last. And the last shall be the first. It's as simple as that. It could have been the other way around. But the father, it didn't happen that way. That doesn't mean that the white man, you know, brought us a lie. God just used them as a channel. He could have used Asians. He could have used Chinese. He could have used Indians. He could have used people from Mongolia or from Russia. He could have used anybody. But God's word is eternal. And I see God raise a generation Amen. of people who will believe the word of God so Jesus. much that they will, they, will, they, will, they will be ready to suffer for it. Mm. Hallelujah. Amen. And will not give up. Many have given up the faith. That is shipwreck. To give up the faith means to shipwreck your life. When you believe that, oh, nothing works. I saw a video. I was sad. This is just like we have decorated our church, okay? You see how beautiful our church is decorated. And then right at the altar here, they have dug a hole. And these are people, even in clerical colors. 
And then they started pouring libation. That the, the ancestors who gave us the land for us to build this structure, we cannot do church without recognizing them. So the Jin saying, and I was like, What is going on here? This is the matter of all abomination. But today, so long as the land belongs to some traditional people and they have been able to build a church, they should recognize the gods that the traditional people serve. So they have to pour libation and they have dug a hole right in front of the altar and they were pouring libation in clerical color. Don't follow everything because it's done in church. Is that okay? That is why you have to have a good conscience. If the thing deserves your conscience, reject it. It's as simple as that because you're going to be accountable for yourself. Not that, oh, pastor was the one who taught me, so I'm doing it. No, I will also give account of myself, just like you. So if the thing is true, hold it, because it will build, it will bring conviction, and it will also bring a consciousness, a consciousness, a certain awareness that I'm going somewhere. Yes, I may be in a stormy weather, but I'm going somewhere. The word is true. The word will come to pass. Hallelujah. Amen. And like I said, if you hold it truly, truly, if it is true that the word is true and you're holding it, it will show in your confession. Jeez. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4.13, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it's written, I'm quoting the King James, he said, I believe, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and do what? And speak. So if you believe the prophetic word, it will show. You will start saying the same thing to yourself. I remember some of the prophecies I received like 2004, February. And I even remember the date. And I still say it to myself because I've not seen it come to pass yet, but I'm holding on to it as my lighthouse. Mm. So that regardless of whatever I go through, I know that this word is true. Amen. It's giving me a conviction, it's giving me a certain consciousness that I'm going somewhere. I may be in a stormy weather, but the word will come to pass. Can we now do some practicals? Is there anybody here? I'm seeing some face. Glory. Hallelujah. Amen.